And you're listening to Kasamahan Co, a podcast show that explores the nuanced experiences of different Filipino communities here in Hawaii, from immigrants to locals to transplants, sharing what it's like to grow up as a Filipino in Hawaii. You can listen to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, and wherever you get your podcasts out there. On a scale of one, being the bare minimum at being ordinary to ten, being great in your eyes, where do I stand? That excerpt that you just listened to is the very first sentence of Gurley's book called Love You Not. It was a pleasure and really an honor to get to know the author behind this book because um, I don't really see a lot of Filipino-American authors um, that gets showcased here in the islands and getting to know who Gurley is and her story it really inspired me a lot to continue to invest the stories of the many different individuals here in Hawaii there's a lot of creative individuals and I say it starts in our high school I feel as the more resources and opportunities for them to find themselves in those age we we know that they're smart we know that they're creative but how are we investing into our high school students that is not the topic of today's podcast but today is really about girly and learning where she first started without further said and do let's listen to the podcast and without further said i would like our guests to briefly introduce a little bit about themselves share their personal pronouns um, profession and what generation did you grow up all right thank you chaki Hi everyone, or aloha. I'm Girly May, um, and I am the first generation. My pronouns are she, her, and hers. And just wanted to give a little background about myself. Grew up, born, and raised on Waianae, Oahu, on the west side of Oahu. Go see writers. Um, just wanted to mention that yes, I am from a Filipino American family, uh, naturally in the Ilocano, but my mother was also. Uh, Tagalog in that sense. So I had a really cool, but, you know, diverse upbringing um, in the Hawaiian culture as well. Amazing. And if I may ask, um, because I always ask this in every guest, um, and it's been a staple question, um, what food describes your personality? Oh my goodness. I would say holo holo. Have you ever been to Maxim Manila where they have like umbrellas in their holo holo? So sometimes I feel like, you know, holo holo means mixed, mix, right? And I feel like I have like that mixed 
personality where I can adapt in other scenarios and situations, but blend so well to collaborate with other people in society. That kind of, that is a really good answer. I mean, it's an answer that um, defines who we are a little bit. Um, and kind of like now interested of like getting to know more of you, um, which I wanted to start off with, how was your upbringing like growing up in a Filipino household in Hawaii? Okay, so I was the only one out of my siblings who was born in the States. So I was born in Kapilani Hospital in Oahu. And um, being in a Filipino household, I actually spoke Ilocano as my first language, even though I was born in the States. Um, that's because I was raised by my nana or grandmother and my tata, you know, grandfather in Ilocano. And um, from that upbringing, it was really interesting to find myself learn English through school and keeping that, um, you know, that Ilocano in me at home. So sometimes it was a bit hard. I was sometimes embarrassed of it, to be honest, because I always had like this um, accent when I spoke in public school. So it made me feel kind of like um, embarrassed about myself. But as you grow older, you realize, wow, that's kind of amazing that you're bilingual and you know like you're really embracing your culture because as you get older you're like wow I never really appreciated who I was or my culture then but now I do and I'm gonna own it. Being, being the only only one in the in your sibling that was born in the states but you can speak Ilocano that's really impressive because I know many that may have been born in the states you don't really speak any language or doesn't have that kind of connection so that's really amazing um especially being based um also by your nana with that follow-up question to that was and i think you briefly mentioned it um prior to this is how did you see yourself growing up um with your cultural identity from before and now um yeah so i kind of touched based on it um growing up i was the one walking to school with my with my nana with an umbrella <laughs> because of the heat in Hawaii right and you don't want to get like sunburned or anything um or get sick they would say you're just sick from the sun so um I would walk a mile to school with my nana and at that time I felt like really embarrassed because I would see like these kids you know who didn't speak Ilocano who seemed like a regular American kid growing up um, they would ride past me and every time I got to school they'd be like oh umbrella girl so I at that part I would always be afraid of like being like you know like that Filipino girl why would you hold an umbrella when there's no rain kind of thing <laughs> so it kind of stemmed from there where I was really having social anxiety for having for being Filipino and it doesn't it didn't hit until college where I found Tinfoyo which you're part of now, or which you're part of. And I found out that there are other people who are like me who were just so honorable in being Filipino, regardless who, who they were. And it was just eye-opening that, you know, I too can be happy in my culture, just as these people. And I keep, I'm still in touch with these, um, with the Timpuyo family and just wanted 
to really showcase that, you know, hey, I'm Filipino American and I have a voice in society. That, that's something that's really easy here, um, especially because when we're young, um, it's easy to fall into this kind of denial of our culture because we want to, we want to be, we want to be, sorry, we want to fit in so much um, that we forget that this is who we are. Um, And like once we kind of like mature along the way, when we go to that transitionary period, we realize like, oh, there's not, there's nothing so wrong with Right. Yeah. Society taught me a lot that, you know, sometimes, you know, you get into that habit of like fearing of who you are, when in reality, that fear should be really like transitioned into owning, owning and control of like how you want to live your life. And, you know, Tim Poyuk helped me with that, you know, growing up helped me with that. And the people I met along the way in my life really you know, transgress that to like really own who you are as a person because you know you don't want to live for someone. Time is that's, short. That's so right. And like next question I have actually is if you had anything that you actually personally struggled with your fully embracing or coming to terms with your own cultural identity. So I would say growing up, language bearer was a real big thing for me. Like I said, um, it was really I spoke Ilocano first as my first language uh, just because I was raised by my family in a household so it was really hard to discern what was English or not growing up so at at a point I was so afraid of speaking English Um, I was actually put in time out in kindergarten Um, so it it, I over I kind of understood how like um by memory, I understood what people were saying, but it's one of those things where you're afraid to speak the language, but you can understand the language, right? So I overheard a, a teacher at one point say that, like, I would, I should be in a different class, um, not, like, with regular kids, because I didn't speak at all, and that was because of fear of speaking English in itself, so I had to break out of that habit of having that fear of speaking English just because I knew that I knew that I shouldn't belong in one thing, that I should really upscale my life for better. And to follow up with that, is the class, the ESL class? Um, Actually, no, not at all. Okay, I just wanted to just follow up because I know like some situation, if you're able to speak um, any language, we are assumed to be like in like ESL classes. So I just wanted to make sure. Oh no, no. I was actually with um being tutored at one, but not like that. I was actually being uh, my mom was a when my mom found out of the situation, she was actually a, a teacher in the Philippines at one point. But I guess her credentials never like transferred over to America for some reason. I don't know what the what diploma <laughs> why the diploma in the Philippines can't over to the U.S. I still don't understand that. Um, but yeah, so she she actually was a teacher in the Philippines. So she actually took the time and became a stay-at-home mom and just trained me in how to speak English. So from then on, we kind of like balanced Ilocano to directly speaking English only. And nonetheless, I had, you know, brothers and sisters growing up who finally like spoke the English language unfortunately some of them lost the Ilocano language growing up but I kept mine intact 
So they would teach me English and vice versa. So it was basically the environment. I think, and thank you for clarifying that because I, I think that's really important to take note of. Um, but with, with that said, and I want to ask this, what does it mean for you to reclaim your Filipino identity? I personally think the identity is found through loving off. To be honest, that book is a saving grace for me. <laughs> it was like a loss of identity crisis and then refinding myself and proclaiming it. So I would say Love You Not was basically the, the way I could best showcase my personality and best showcase my identity um, with like claiming my faith re religiously and uh, claiming my Filipino culture to chapter one, I believe. I, I mentioned about my grandfather in chapter one. Thank you for saying that. And I think that gives me a little bit more um, kind of excitement to continue reading because there's so much that I, there's so much um, kind of like, the more that you speak, speak so much of it, like um, I want to kind of like have like a follow-up discussion because I feel like it's like something that, um, something personal that you wrote that helped you find who you are, especially. Right. Um, it also included um, influence of others of like who impacted my life. So it's not just really my story to tell. It was a collaboration of like mixed emotions I was feeling at the time while other people were sharing their story. With that, um, in the next five years from now, where do you see yourself in? To be honest, I used to be the person who looks at like what my life plan would be in five years. Um, in the past, like I would literally like have a game plan of like what career I would be. And then as you grow older, you're realizing it's like unattainable in a way because it's like you never know what's going to happen unless you want it. So I'm, I'm really taking it day by day to see what my next transitional plan would be. <laughs> so right now it's really unknown. <laughs> And that is totally fine, especially because I feel like this question itself, um, we, we get asked this growing up, but when we kind of like go through it, it's actually like um, being able to ha um, make our life meaningful by living each day, just not, not like having too much expectation. <laughs> right. And I would like to add to that, um, to be honest, like, I'm suddenly realizing that success doesn't mean by career or like monetary values anymore. Um, to me now, success is like being the better person than who you were yesterday. So in five years, I hope to be, you know, a philanthropic person or someone who are able to give back to the community or, um, you know, enhance things to be better in society. And with that, um, transitioning along, what is your advice to the next generation? Oh, okay. Um, my advice for the next generation is to, you know, be welcoming to yourself, really understand yourself before going steadfast into something new. Um, the general advice would be, get to know yourself. I know it sounds so cliche, but you know, you'll be amazed at what you tend to learn more when you, you know, ex go into many 
ideas or thoughts and explore what you personally enjoy or what you don't like, you know, because at the end of the day, you're living with yourself and not with another person. With your age now and like me being um, 24, it, that, 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 that is a solid advice that I feel like we in our early 20s need to be reminded each day is like getting to know who we are because we, t- we get lost. I feel like we tend to get lost in the crowd because we want, we, we think we want, we, the thing that we want we need, but the thing that we need is actually what we want. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, so I'm your I'm your mom or Ate, so say you know. Hello. <laughs> Hi, Mana. <laughs> this is what age feels like. <laughs> and I think one thing that I wanted to personally add on to this interview is if you could tell your, I guess your early twenty year old self or early 10-year-old self, something that you have learned recently, um, and you can just tell them. Okay, yeah. Um, don't chase to fit in. If I could tell my younger self is, I was trying to be or feel accepted, and I noticed if it's by the wrong crowd, or, you know, it could be a situation where I learned a life lesson from it, which I'm grateful for it either way. But yeah, if I could tell my younger self, it's don't chase to fit in. Um, just, you know, learn learn to like, you know, be who you are. With that, um, I actually wanted to a little bit kind of add on a little bit about um, going back to our culture and identity. Um, mm-hmm is what is something about the Filipino culture slash Ilocano culture that you are still wanting to learn more of? Oh my goodness. Okay, so there was this folklore. (laughs) There was this folklore that um, I I don't know if you remember, if you've ever been with Lilia Santiago, Professor Lilia Santiago at your time in college. Sadly, I wasn't able to meet her before she passed. Oh my God, bless her so I love her. She's like the best professor I ever had at UH Manoa, including Manong Akawili. But just to say, she taught me so much about like, you know, whether or not you're Ilocano or not, you know, Philippines as a country in itself and the people. She taught me to fight for what is right. She was this activist, this Philippines activist against like against the whole like government policies there. And she wanted to reform it for the better. And just hearing her as a woman activist made me want to like, you know, seeing how the politicians are in the Philippines right now and seeing how, you know, things are corrupt. And, you know, I'm, I'm pretty sure I'll most see it, you know, what's going on in the Philippines. It makes me want to do a social, like, be a part of it to, like, re- really enhance it for the better. And for Philippines to be having the best medical care and education system. Because my time in the Philippines, I was in the class of, like, second graders who were learning about the cerebrum and about the brain. And I'm like, wow, I can't believe I'm in this province who's learning about 
the brain in, with a bunch of second graders where we barely teach that in US. So it really enhanced my mind like, wow, there's so, these people are such like a diamond in the rough. Like if they had the best qualities, of, like the social system, they would totally go far and beyond and improve the world for the better. So if I could do anything, it's just to go back to the Philippines and really like immerse myself in the culture to really enhance and how to make it better with their water systems and education system and medical and medical. Sorry. I think like I think I'm really glad that you mentioned that is because like um especially with what's going on in like the Philippines right now like they're in such a vulnerable state where it's. Like I, I remember like when I when I went back home to the Philippines and like I was um there like it it's and like being here in like the States, you kind of see the um the difference of like how life is. Like there is really it's different it's different where it's not as it's not as like the resource resources are there. Like there you really have to like really find the exact resources here is like it's given to you but not a lot of people use it right yeah there's there's a big difference in the world we in the you know the world of the u.s versus the world they live there i mean like they're they're actually based off of survival skills you know what i mean here it's provided at ease but it's like are you really hard working for it you know because it's just so provided to me i feel like you know, if you're working so hard for it, you earn it. And I feel like, I feel that is the gap between our, the difference between the Philippines and here or any third world country versus the U.S. And with that further said into um, the last bit of the podcast, I wanted to kind of ask if you have any media, any media snack for us, for the listeners to um, take from Merienda? Yeah. Oh, oh my gosh. Have you ever had clover chips? I did. Okay. I love clover chips, like the cheesier, the cheesier flavor. Um, I'm just so obsessed. And my first like thought of it when you read the back, it goes Simut Sarap Right? And so I'm just like, oh my god, I just love it. And every time I look at it, it makes me smile when I read that that liner on the back of the package saving it now i wanted me to go to secret city after this <laughs> go ahead go get some secret city uh, with that i just want to say thank you for actually taking the time out of your busy schedule to just being being on here with us and like um and like being able to get to know you all as well um i think it's one thing that i've learned um from like just doing this interviews is like we there's just so much that um we learn from people's story and how we can feel for sure um thank you for you know reaching out to me thank you for being a fan because that was really random (laughs) Um, yeah i'm just i'm just grateful that i'm just very grateful that you read my book or, you know, you're about to finish it, but you stumbled upon it in Barnes Noble. And I just want to say thank you for being a fan. Um, thank you for, you know, reaching out to me and really proactively speaking about mental health awareness and really promoting it through your podcast. I just wanted to thank you so much.